Amen. Well, you guys can be seated. <clears throat> Every time these guys write another song, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely my favorite one that you guys have ever written. And I say that about everyone that they write, and so I guess I'll just be having favorites uh, from now on. Um, but I'm so glad that these guys lead us in songs that are just directly from the Word of God and just encourage us as we are edified and encouraged by God's Word um, while we're singing those truths back to Him. Um, and so, uh, so what a time and uh, what a what a um, a great uh, preparation for us as we hear um, God's Word. Um, I don't know where you're at if you're new to the whole church thing or if you've uh, been in church all your life, uh, but either way, I think that um, God wants to do a work in your heart through his word today, and so my prayer is that even if uh, maybe some things are hard for you to understand um, as you're listening, that God would um, that God would open up your eyes and, uh, and soften your heart to receive uh, what, he's, what he's got to do in you. Um, so at, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Luke chapter 1. Um, Luke chapter 1 is where we are. We're walking through the book of Luke. We're continuing on in the series. If you don't have a Bible, <coughs> um, feel free to grab one on the other side of these walls. Um, we have those for you. You can, you can use it if you have no way of, of getting one. You can take it home with you, write your name in it, call it your own, and just use it. Um, if you do uh, have it, I invite you again, Luke chapter 1, you can open up there. And um, be, while you're doing that, before we uh, dive in and read, sorry, I'm like holding on tight. I'm cold. I tell you this every week, but this thing right here is always pointing at me. I just want to turn it so it points at you, okay? See how you guys like it. Um, but um, while you're turning there, what I would like to do is I want to recite, um, if you guys know, we've been memorizing through the books of the Bible in order, okay? So listen, so um, here's what I'm going to do today, and this might scare some people, so, um, so don't be afraid, but does anyone want to volunteer to stand up and do that? It's a small service day. We don't have a ton of people here, so today's the day to do it if you want to do it. Is anyone, anyone willing to stand up and recite them? <laughs> All right, they're like, people, this is your first day, like, where have we come? This place <laughs> is crazy. Anyone else really want to try, stand up, and Josh Miller, come on, I know you can do it. Be an example to us. Okay. Isaiah. Yeah. We're there there today. Stop. Okay. Overachiever. Don't overachieve. Just do it. All right. Good job. Good job. All right. Ready? All the way up to Isaiah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Give yourselves a round of applause. All right. You guys can do it with everyone's doing it, okay? Because then you get to mumble when the parts you don't know, all right? And someone else takes your place. Um, <clears throat> today we're adding two books on, Jeremiah and Lamentations. So let's say that, Jeremiah, Lamentations. Say it again, Jeremiah, Lamentations. Again, Jeremiah, Lamentations. One more time, Jeremiah, Lamentations. All right, ready? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 
and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Joe. Yeah, okay, you're good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. Roll on. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Start there. Song of Solomon, Isaiah. All right, I messed you up. Okay, all right. Good job, everybody. So, so glad that you guys are doing this. Keep on practicing this because we're going to be, um, the Lord's really going to use this in our lives as we continue uh, to memorize and be familiar with um, the Bible. Um, if you're in Luke chapter 1, <clears throat> we're going to get right into this. Um, we're in verses 39 through 45 today. Excuse me. And uh, we're going we're gonna to continue on through this. And I'm so excited about what the Lord is going to do. Um, it's kind of unique, okay? So let me tell you, um, it's kind of unique if you guys know what I've laid out to you in regards of where we're going to be. Um, we are going to be, this is this, this week in Luke, and then um, we leave for Argentina uh, this Thursday morning. Our, our team that we're sending out today, we're going to pray over at the end of the service, leaves for Argentina Thursday morning. So that week that I'm gone, um, Chad's going to be here and He's going to teach, and you guys know every so often, um, our biblical counselor, Chad, comes and, and really encourages us through God's word uh, in, in really helping um, some, in some counseling ways, and so he's going to be up here on, uh, on, on next Sunday. And then you guys know we're going to take a four-week break from Luke, and we're going to go through a, a series called Pillars, which is an opportunity for us to see the, these four pillars of our church that we build everything on, uh, joyfully treasuring Jesus, genuinely loving each other, actively reaching the people in our worlds um, on a regular basis, and passionately equipping or being equipped to do the work of the ministry. We're going to go through a series on these pillars, and, and unless you say, like, I don't want to go to a series that's just about what my church is about. Let me encourage you because it's not just about what our church is about. It's what I believe that your whole life, uh, your lives should be built on. These four pillars, uh, should, everything should rest on them in your entire lives. And so we want, we want to be encouraged by this and see and kind of recalibrate, understand what our mission is as a church, what our mission is as individuals. And then we'll pick back up in Luke and, uh, and we'll pick back up. When we do pick back up, we'll be starting in verse 46. So that'd be like early February, which is, um, I think, perfect. Mary's Magnificent will be picking back up in that, which is like a, a psalm, a hymn of praise. And we get to pick back up and then kind of continue right on through. And it's kind of going to be unique because we're going to be covering then, if we do it that way, which we are, the birth of Jesus, like after the birth, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? Like February, we're going back and telling the Christmas story. But listen, it's okay to do that, okay? Like there's no rules that tell us like you can't talk about the Christmas story um, unless it's Christmas time, okay? You can do that. Like if you're reading your Bible, you're like, okay, birth of Jesus. Now I got to put this down until December. Like it's, you don't have to do that. Or like resurrection, okay, March or April. I can't read that till then, right? We can read those things um, beyond just those times, okay? So we're going to come back to that and then uh, we'll reflect on I think it'll be good to reflect back on the birth of Jesus, and then we'll continue right on through, and we'll see um, even uh, in the work of <clears throat> John the Baptist uh, as he grows and, and, and does that work, which is like kind of the first idea outside of, of the birth of Jesus, we're going to see such a great, um, we're going to kind of be set a course to Jesus' life and ministry. So um, <clears throat> with all that as a backdrop, let's read. Um, verse 39 through 45. Now at this time, I'm reading from the NASB, Luke 1, 39 through 45. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, 
and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Six verses. And we're here, and this is what we're, we're seeing today. And what's incredible in this picture, I think, is the Holy Spirit's work in the movement of Elizabeth singing a worship, praise uh, to God and exclaiming some things about what God has done. And um, what we see next, next time we talk about this, Mary will proclaim um, what the Lord's doing in her life and through worship. And, and so we see this story of, of Mary uh, visiting Elizabeth. And I think um, what we see is, is the Holy Spirit is starting to work through this situation. It's always been working, but we see it front and center right now. The, the Holy Spirit is working to move in these people who are part of this story, and, and he's doing things. The Spirit is doing things um, to make Jesus known and to make Jesus, Jesus famous, and, and to let people know what, what, what God is doing, and then to move in their hearts that they would reflect praise or worship back to God in response to the things that God is, is doing. And so the Spirit is, is on the scene, and He's moving. He's always been on the scene. He's the eternal God, always existed in the beginning, will always exist, eternal both ways. The Spirit does a lot of things. We're not going to cover all of them today, unless you think that today I'm going like, to give you just a, a complete understanding of the Holy Spirit, who He is and what He does. I'm not going to do that today, so I might leave some, some stuff out that you want to hear. But, but I think what we see front and center is there's worship, happening. There's the spirit moving. There's the idea of who Jesus is coming to life, coming to the surface, and then responses that are coming from these people. And I think in so many different ways that the Holy Spirit wants to move in our lives to do some of the same things. Now, this is a particular situation, a particular context. This will never, ever happen again. This situation that we just read, read will never, ever happen again. So like we can't say that this exact thing will happen in our lives, but we can see these patterns, we can see these potentials, we can see these, these, these general principles, and we can say the Spirit is moving here to do very specific things, and the Spirit of God is going to move in our lives to do some very specific things as well. And so what I want to do is I just want to see kind of what's happening here. I'm going to like lead you through this so that you actually understand this text. There's a lot behind the scenes. So like if we like look at what this says, there's a lot behind there that we can glean, that we can understand, and then what we're going to do at the end is really see like how this is relevant to us, how this works in our lives, and so and what this kind of means for me. Why do I, why do I need to know this um, in particular for my life? And so what we're going to do is we're going to see. Th- 
two major points um, that inform us about what the Holy Spirit is kind of doing here. And then underneath that second point, we're going to see three sub points. So big point, big point, three sub points underneath that second point. And uh, again, the, the theme about what the Holy Spirit is doing in this situation, um, in this particular context. So what do we see? Ready? The first thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit testifies to Elizabeth. Stay with me. It's in your passage. The Holy Spirit testifies to to Elizabeth. Now this whole thing is really tricky. Okay, you could spend a lot of time on this. Okay, it's really, really tricky. Okay, and <clears throat> we're gonna talk through it. Okay, and we're gonna see what we know for sure because here's a question. When you look at a text like this and you kind of see some weird things happening, the, t- the temptation is to try to explain these things like to the nth degree and say like, here's how all of this works. And when you do that, you run the risk of going beyond the text, of going beyond what the Bible actually tells you, right? So we gotta be careful not to do that, okay? It's, it's okay for us to just see what's here and just talk about it. So let's walk through it, ready? So Mary heard that Elizabeth was pregnant. Now we're just talking through the story together, so just enjoy this, let's, let's talk through this together, ready? Mary heard that Elizabeth was pregnant. How did Mary hear that Elizabeth was pregnant? Well, because the angel who? I'll let you say, Gabriel, if you were here, you know why I did that, right? Because I called him Michael like 10 times a couple weeks ago. The angel Gabriel told Mary, this was a couple weeks ago that we saw this, right? Mary says, uh, how, how am I going to know that this is happening? Like, or, or, or I'm sorry, how is this going to happen since I'm a virgin? Zechariah is the one who said, how am I going to know? She says, how, do I, how is this going to happen that I'm going to be um, pregnant with the, with the son of God because uh, I'm a virgin, I'm not married, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, can you please tell me? She asks the angel. And the angel says, listen, the the Holy Spirit of God is going to overshadow you. And and you're going to conceive by the power of God. And you're going to produce a child. And this child will be called Jesus, right? And he says, "If if you think that that's crazy or impossible, let me tell you something else that might seem impossible that I've already done. Okay, what is it? Well, your relative Elizabeth, who's like, She's old, right? She's wrinkly, right? And, and she's been barren for her whole life. She's got a baby. And so nothing is impossible for God. So then Elizabeth, or Mary, hears this, and this is how Mary knows that Elizabeth is pregnant, right? So now you're wondering, verse 39, why does Mary go to Elizabeth? Well, she goes to Elizabeth because she knows Elizabeth's pregnant because the angel told her. Right? So that's why she's going. And she's going, it says, she rose in a hurry, or some translations will say immediately to the house of Zechariah, right, who was still mute at this time, right, to see Elizabeth, right? And this is is where she's going. Now, it says to the hill country, so we don't know precisely where they lived, okay, but to the hill country of Judah, what we know for sure is that they were country folk. Okay, Uh, it's not precise, but they were indeed country folk. Uh, And Zechariah was a priest, which gives a lot of encouragement to those who are country folk to, to, you could be used of the Lord, okay? Uh, uh, Priest, um, pastor, right? Which gives a lot of hope to Chad Wiles, okay? Country folk, they can still be used by the Lord and be used mightily as a priest or pastor. Chad Wiles, he's our other pastor. He's not even here today, so he can't even defend himself, which is why I'm making fun of him today, all right? But country 
boy, Chad Wiles, who's from the hill country, right? God is using him in a mighty way. Zechariah, he was a country boy too, and God was using him in this way as a priest. So she comes, and she enters the house of Zechariah and greets Elizabeth. Now what we see here is when she comes in, and we're gonna see this all throughout this passage, when she comes in, that Elizabeth is excited. There's no jealousy here. There's pure joy. There's pure joy that's taking place here. Now listen, there has the potential for jealousy because Elizabeth and and Mary are, are, are in the predicament where God's doing great things through them, but Mary's is far greater. Mary's is far greater, and we're gonna see this. We're just not talking about only this right now, but Mary's task is far greater. John the Baptist is in the womb of Elizabeth, who's gonna prepare the way for the Lord. Mary in her womb is the Lord Jesus. It's far greater. And Mary comes. Mary comes. And why does Mary come? Because we're just talking through this, okay? We gotta just, we just got six verses. We're gonna talk through this, and we're gonna get to how this point comes to the surface along the way. But why does Mary come? Well, there's probably a few reasons, but one of the reasons is probably to be ministered to. She probably comes to be ministered to because, listen, Mary knows, listen, that controversy's coming. Controversy's coming to Mary, and it's gonna come quick. Why? Because Mary's betrothed. She's engaged, and she's a about to be showing. People are going to see that she's pregnant. And people are going to know that she's engaged. She's not married. And in this culture, listen, just so you know, this is punishable by death. Like they could stone her and they would be right in doing so. Like this is what we know from the law that the penalty or the wages of sin is what? Death. So they wouldn't be like just some irate, uh, you know, off the, off the chain people to, to kill Mary. They would be pretty right in doing so if they believed that she had sinned in this way before the Lord. And so this is, this is a scary time. She's probably going to be ministered to because the Lord was doing something in her life that most people probably would not understand, right? Like an angel came to you and told you this, and the God is inside you? Yeah, we're definitely killing you, right? Like, now it's not even a question. Like, we were gonna talk about it before, but we ain't even talking about it anymore, right? Now you're really gonna die. But that's the situation, that's what's really happening, so she's probably going to be ministered to. And let me just take a side note, a detour for just a second and encourage you, like, sometimes the Lord is doing something in your life that the crowds are not gonna understand. In all honesty, there's gonna be people who don't know what the Lord's doing in your life. They're not spending time with the Lord like you are in the same way or about the same purpose. They just don't, they're not gonna know. Not everyone will understand what he's calling you to or what he's doing in your life. I think about this story for us when we planted this church. I mean, I gotta tell you, like from the time we started doing this thing until this very second right now, right? There was a lot of people who didn't understand why, who, what, where, when, you're gonna do it like this, like, you're gonna have two lead guys because you believe in the plurality of elders, so there's two leaders, but really that can't happen. Like you and Chad, like who's gonna be over the other because there's really like one main dog. You guys aren't gonna be able to survive. You guys are gonna get a job? No, you're gonna 
raise support so that you could spend more time with people. Like, that's not going to work. That would be impossible. Like, you're going where? Like, wait a second. You're going to buy a house um, in one that you've never seen before? Like, you just looked at it on Skype because a person showed you? Yeah, we are. And your child has a, uh, my son was born with a heart defect. He's, he's moved past it, but uh, thank, thank God. But like, you're going to move your new newborn who's got like a heart defect. He's having trouble gaining weight. And, and your daughter like with you to, and you don't know anybody there. Like, what are you doing? Right. And then like now, like everyone, we got a better way that we could have done this or that, or Sam could have done this or that. Right. Like, I know, I, I'm, I know I got to get better at a lot of things, but like, the Lord is clearly doing something and was doing something, and we had to trust by faith that that's what he was doing. And the Lord will do a lot of that in your life. And this particular situation is not going to happen to you. I know that for sure. But what I do know is that the important thing is that you remain faithful to what the Lord is doing in you and through you. And now you've got to be careful. Like, that's just not what you think is right. Like, I think I should leave the church and divorce my spouse and, and so on and so forth. I just feel that that's right. Okay, well, there's a lot of biblical stuff that's got to surround some of that. So you've got to be careful, okay? And I know a lot of that is sensitive. We've got to be careful. The Word of God has got to be what laces our mind and our heart constantly. But... When it is, and when the Lord's doing something wonderful in you, sometimes other people won't understand. And the encouragement is to be faithful to the Lord. So she goes to Elizabeth, probably to be ministered to. And by the way, on the other side, before I move on, like if you're on the other side and you're the trusted friend, right? Like the trusted relative who's meant to be there to encourage. Um, do so with faithfulness. Rejoice in what the Lord's doing. Don't be jealous or think about self. Love that person and encourage that person and maybe tell them the truth, right? If they need, well, definitely tell them the truth, <laughs> but maybe they need the opposite of encouragement and do that too. But we see this relationship here and so this is what's happening. She probably needs to be ministered to, but also, not only is she being ministered to because controversy is coming, stay with me. I know we're talking all through this, but also like, she probably came to help Elizabeth because like Elizabeth's never carried before and she's old, right? Like she needs to hold up the belly for her along the way. Like, okay, you want to go over here? Like, you know, she's, she's, she's helping her out. And so what we see here is that she's just helping her relative. But then the third reason probably is like, they're just like a bond of belief happening here. Like, like, did you see that? Like he came to you too, Gabriel? Yeah. Like you saw that? Like the angel visited you? Did you, like the wings too? Like you said, yeah, those two, like, were you afraid? Yeah, I was terrified. Were you afraid? Like, but that was sweet. Like, that was awesome, right? I was afraid, but that was cool. Like, and what he's doing. But seriously though, like, can you believe that we're part of the plan of the Messiah coming to earth, right? Like that's what's going on here. So Mary visits. Now listen, okay. We got still a lot more to do. She's six months in. And we know that Mary comes to Elizabeth and stays for three months. Because look in your Bible, verse 56, Mary stayed with her about three months, and then she returned home. So six plus three equals 
All right, so what we know is like full term is anywhere between nine and 10, right? Usually it's, it's more so like 10 months, even though we call it nine. So, and then what we see is verse 57. Look at that in your Bible. This time is when the time that Elizabeth, uh, after Mary stayed for these three months, is the time when Elizabeth gave birth. Now, this seems like Mary leaves prior to John coming, prior to Elizabeth giving birth, but maybe not. I mean, because look at verse 58, okay? Stay with me in your Bible, Luke 1, 58, okay? Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy towards her, and they were rejoicing with her. So in the birth, there was like relatives and, and friends and neighbors who were there with her in this, and so maybe Mary's there still, Maybe this chronologically overlaps, but this is probably before John's birth. Now, here we go. Verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. So, at the sense of the presence of the Lord Jesus, the baby leaps. Now what's happening here? Because this is, this is peculiar. And this is not easily explained. And again, we can't go beyond the text. But what we see is that Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Now what does this mean? Well, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit somehow worked to probably inspire Elizabeth's understanding of what happened, because look at verse 44. Look at verse 44. Somehow she knew, in verse 43 and 44, that when the Lord came, that this is the Lord in her womb, in Mary's womb, because, why? Because at the sound of it, for behold, when the sound of your greeting reached the ears, the baby leapt, which is saying that this is how I know it's or part of the reason why I know that this is the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is doing some kind of interpretive work for Elizabeth to understand what's going on. The baby jumping, Mary coming in, and understanding that the Lord is in the belly of Mary. So Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit's ministering to, testifying to Elizabeth about what's happening here. Now, this is unique and hard to understand because what we know about the Holy Spirit, okay, what we know about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit comes to indwell believers. That means live inside of those people who are Christians who have believed in the Lord Jesus, and that happens after Jesus comes, he lives, he dies, he resurrects, and he ascends. Then the Holy Spirit comes in to indwell. So what's the Holy Spirit doing here, right? We know that he's revealing to, Mary, to, to Elizabeth the baby's leaping, the, the reason, the cause, the Lord that's in Mary's belly. The Holy Spirit is doing a lot of, of revelation here and helping Elizabeth to interpret because she doesn't know what's happening on her own, which, by the way, that's what the Spirit does. Helps us to interpret the Lord's work in that way. But what's happening with the Holy Spirit? What we see before Jesus comes, okay, before Jesus comes, and in, uh, in the Old Testament specifically and even into the New Testament, the Holy Spirit works differently. 
The Holy Spirit works differently than he does in the New Testament. So the Holy Spirit, listen, in the Old Testament and before, even into the New Testament, before Jesus finishes his work, he doesn't permanently reside in people like he does after Jesus come. He kind of more so rests upon and comes within for a special revelation or work or an equipping for a specific task. And so what's happening here is is the same thing. She's going to be proclaiming something out of her mouth as the Spirit is doing a special work in her. And so we see evidences of this in the Old Testament. I'm going to give you a plethora of verses today, okay? So I've got to keep going because I'm like, oh, here we, you know, we got a lot, okay? So Judges 3.10, look at this. Othniel, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. This one's not on the screen, but Joshua 27, 18. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit. Now, again, this is before the work of Jesus. So the spirit is coming, but not in the permanent uh, residing way. And then even Samuel, the spirit of the Lord begins to move upon him as he Worked, And then we see in the New Testament, the New Testament, right, that the Spirit of Christ or the Spirit of God comes in to indwell in a different way. Look, Romans 8, 9, to clarify what I've been telling you. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him, which means if you belong to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. Okay, does this make sense? So Spirit's working in a different way for a special task, not in the same way that he does after we have believed in the Lord Jesus and after he does his work. Now, the Spirit's working in Elizabeth to reveal this. How do we know? Because she does a couple of things that are really, really important. First is that she calls this baby what? Lord. She calls the baby Lord. Look at this. Look, look. Verse 43. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my, what? Lord would come to me. So the Spirit's doing some things. This is high-level stuff, okay? So like, you might be like, man, like this is a lot of stuff. Listen, I know this is hard to grasp, but this is what it's saying, so I gotta teach it to you. I want you to, I wanna bring you up here at your understanding on how to see and understand and read and interpret God's word. So listen, so she knows something. This Jewish lady knows something. She's calling him Lord, and the title Lord shows that, that Elizabeth recognizes that this is the Messiah. This unborn child is the Messiah. How do I know this? Well, let me show you some verses, okay? Psalm 110.1. The Lord says to my Lord, speaking of the situation with David, the Lord, God, says to my Lord, David, Okay, in this particular situation. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies my footstool. But even though this is specifically to David, tied to David, what was going to happen is Jesus was going to take the Davidic kingship, right? And he was going to sit on the throne of the Lord permanently. It was spoken about his generation that was going to come after him, his next generation that was going to sit on the throne of his father, David, like Solomon. Look at this, First Chronicles 29, 23. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the who? Lord as king in place of his 
of David, his father, but this Solomon wasn't permanently going to sit on the throne of the Lord in place of his father, David. Jesus was, 1 Kings 2, 24. Now therefore, as the Lord lives, who established me and placed me on the throne of my father, David, right? Jesus was ultimately going to take this place as Lord. So David's ancestors would be this, this king, these coming kings that would be after him in his line, but Jesus would be the Lord and in in take on the, the ancestral kingship of his father David permanently. So when she says this, we see a lot of truth that is going to a lot of different places that this is showing she understands this is the Messiah, this is the king, this is the Lord. Now what happens as she says this, listen, the baby leaps in the womb. And when we look down even further, look at verse 44. At the sound of your greeting, when it reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb, but not only leapt, leapt for what? Joy. What this literally is, is he exalted in. Now, don't mean, I don't mean exalt like E-X-A-L-T. I mean E-X, what? U-L-T, which means to what? Rejoice over. So wait a second. Mary comes. Baby leaps. Elizabeth declares, Lord, and baby doesn't only leap, and and Elizabeth knows Messiah, King, fulfillment, and the baby doesn't only leap, but he exalts over. Like, this this is the work of the Holy Spirit, and this is just unique and special And this is to do one thing, to surround the story of the coming of the Lord Jesus to show that God is planning everything and the Spirit is working to exemplify this whole situation. That Jesus is the King, that everything centers around Him, that it's all about Him. John is distinct in the sense that he was called to do a distinct task, which is what? lead the way, prepare the way, and already in the womb, he is preparing the way. People are saying because of his leaping, this is something special. The Spirit is saying it's because that this is the Messiah. He's already doing this work of preparing a way. And here's what we see. Apparently, Elizabeth's even recognition of this, the, the Holy Spirit is working in her, and somehow as well as John and through the action of the baby and the reaction of the exalting that comes out of Elizabeth's mouth shows us that the Holy Spirit is doing a great work here to point to Jesus. Now listen, this is crazy because like I have a baby who is two months old, Xander. He's sitting right in the back there, okay? He, he hears me, he knows, all right? He's sitting in the back there and like he's just starting at two months to like start to smile, right? Like, he's just starting to smile. Like, you remember when you started to smile? You remember? No, you don't remember, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I remember. No, you don't, okay? (laughs) Some of you still haven't learned how to smile. Smile, okay? It's okay. So, when he smiles, though, like, I know what's going on in his brain. It's still fuzzy. Like, he doesn't know. He just hears probably sounds. And he just, daddy's like in his face, like, hey, buddy. Hey, can you smile? Right? And he's like, ah, you look silly. Right? Like, he's just learning to smile, but everything's fuzzy. And somehow this baby in the womb 
is, he's still three months before he comes out here and he's rejoicing in. And then Elizabeth is, understands that this is the Lord Jesus and then she's exclaiming that the Holy Spirit is working here. Look, and it's being fulfilled as God said it would be. Look, one, Luke 1, 1, 15. Luke 1, 15. For he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink, but he will be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit even from? He's doing it. He's preparing the way. Look at this, Luke 1, 16 through 17. And he will turn many children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before them in the spirit and the power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Their hearts are being prepared. This is the coming Messiah. John 1, 23, this is when he gets older. He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. That's John who is going to prepare the way. Luke 1, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way. So what we know is that this is all happening. This is all happening. The Spirit is working, testifying to Elizabeth. To Elizabeth. And really to John somehow that this is the Lord Jesus. Now, <clears throat> as we move out of this point, and this is the longest one, again, I promise. The Holy Spirit does the same thing to us. Not in this exact way. But just as the Holy Spirit testified to Elizabeth and somehow to John that this is indeed the Lord Jesus, that's one of the main things that the Holy Spirit does to us now after Jesus is he testifies to the truth about Christ that he is God that he is the son of God that he came to earth to complete a task to die on the cross for your sins so that you could be saved from your sin that's what the Holy Spirit does and this is important for you to know because a lot of people nowadays they 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 Talk about the Holy Spirit being the most ignored member of the Trinity, right? Like he's the most ignored member of the Trinity. Francis Chan writes an incredible book called The Forgotten God. And although all that is true, let me tell you, I think that there's something right about the way in which we believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit by nature, not saying we should forget the third member of the Trinity like that or in any way make him lesser than any of the other three, uh, other two, right? But the Holy Spirit is purposefully self-effacing. The Holy Spirit continually does the work to point you not to himself, but to who? Jesus. That's the task of the Spirit. The Spirit consistently points you not to himself. He's the helper to point your eyes and your heart to who? To Jesus. That's what the Spirit does. So yes, I, I think there is some truth to the fact that the Spirit is not the central focus. He works behind the scenes to point your eyes to Jesus. And that's the way that the Godhead set it up to work. And that's a good thing. That's how God designed it, to work. And so the Spirit is testifying to the person and to the work of Jesus. And here is my hope for you. Listen. 
is that now and coming into the new year, my prayer for you, that the Spirit of God would testify to you the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. That you would see and understand that he is the Messiah. He's the one who is coming to save you from the penalty of your sin. He came. That the Spirit would work in you, that you would believe that he is the Lord. And that you would love him and that you would trust in him for salvation. But not only for salvation, but for your growth and your sanctification. That Jesus, he would become everything to you. That he would become your Lord. That he'd become your king. That he'd become your Messiah. That he'd become the one who came to save your soul. And that the Holy Spirit would work in your heart to point you continually back to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Like, where are you at? Where, where are you at in this? Where, where's your mind? Where's your heart? Is Jesus your treasure? Is he the central focus? Is the Holy Spirit actively on a daily basis pointing you back to the truth of the gospel and God's word and Jesus' finished work, completed work on the cross, what that means for your life? And if you've never trusted in him for salvation, like, do you understand? Like, can we help you? Can we pray for you? Can you come and talk with us? Let's, we gotta pray that the Spirit opens your eyes and, and softens your heart so that you would see Jesus not as just a historical figure, but as one who came on your behalf, really God, who became man, both fully God, fully man, to die on the cross for your sins. Do you believe that? Like spirit now, even please pray that you open the eyes of people in here who don't believe in Jesus, that you would soften their hearts and that they would believe and understand. And and that, that you would come into saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's what the spirit does. That's what he's doing here. He's ministering to Elizabeth. And I pray that he ministered to you and to this new year especially to point your eyes and your heart to Jesus. The second thing that we see, and this is the shorter half of it, is that the Holy Spirit testifies through Elizabeth. So the first thing that he does is he testifies to, and this is all kind of mixed together, so it's not, it's not that cut and dry for me to say that it's happening chronologically, but then he testifies through And this is also my hope, that the Holy Spirit would testify through you into this new year. Testify to you, you take your eyes, focus them on Jesus, and then testify through you. Not in the same way as this particular passage, but in similar ways. What does the Holy Spirit testify through Elizabeth as she responds to her understanding that this is the Lord? Well, there's three sub-points, okay? They're, They're short. The first one is she testifies about the Lord Jesus. She testifies about the Lord Jesus. Now that might seem obvious to you, but that's what the Spirit wants to do. That's what the Spirit's doing here. So listen, after the Spirit comes, she's, her, her eyes are open. She knows that this is the Lord. Not only she knows, she believes it, the work of the Spirit. The baby is exulting and jumping. We don't even know how this is happening. Verse 42, I mean, this is like a crazy scenario here, right? Like, you're talking about the Holy Spirit, and then all of a sudden, like, babies are jumping, and she's crying out in a loud voice, but that's what's happening here, right? Verse 42, she cries out in a loud voice, blessed are you among women. Like, this just comes out of her mouth, right? After the Holy Spirit is doing this work, and with a loud voice, blessed are you among women. Literally, to Mary, you are the most blessed woman on the face of the planet, And she's saying that out loud, and then she says, blessed is the fruit of your womb, meaning who? Jesus. He's blessed forever and ever. And Mary, you're blessed not just because you're blessed, like you're the person, but 
Her blessing was in relation to who? Her relationship with the Lord Jesus. And by the way, side note, like your blessedness has nothing to do with you, but your blessedness comes from your relationship to the Lord Jesus, right? And so that's what she's crying out. The spirit is moving and she's testifying, right? Blessed is Mary, blessed is the baby. She knows here that this is the Lord Jesus and she's testifying about it. She's testifying about it. Now, in a different way, but in the same way, this is what the Lord wants to do through you. Especially into the coming of the new year, I believe that this is one of the things that we really want to focus on. Is that you would testify to the truth about the Lord. That the Holy Spirit would convince you to believe in the Lord Jesus. That you would trust in his name and receive salvation that your eyes would be pointed back to him and then he testified through you to exclaim out of the overflow of his work about who the Lord Jesus is. Do you share your faith with people on a regular basis? When's the last time the Spirit has, has, has spoken through you? Not in some overly dramatic way, but in a way that says, I'm just gonna put myself out there with my neighbor, my coworker, my friend, the person I see at the coffee shop, the gym. I don't need to go to Buenos Aires to testify about the Lord Jesus. Like I can just do it at La Caretas today after church, right? When I go there and meet my waitress. Like that's how the Lord reaches people. When he comes and he moves in you and you put yourself out there and then he speaks through you to testify to the truth of the Lord Jesus. And people's eyes are open and their hearts are softened and they believe. Like that is something that the Lord wants to do through you. He wants you to share your faith, plain and simple. How do we, where do we see this? Listen, Ephesians 1, 1, 15 through 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith, Paul writing, in the Lord Jesus and the love and your love toward all of the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the what? Spirit. Spirit of wisdom and of revelation, to see, to see, revelation, to see what's really happening, to see who Jesus is, to believe in his name and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which you have been called, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and all authority and all power and all dominion above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all that when you testify that the eyes of the hearts of people and the hearts of their uh, the soil of the hearts would be softened because the spirit would be speaking through you and using you and then doing the work as they hear the seed or the word of the gospel and that they would believe. So that God, this year, I want him to work through you to testify to the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That he would testify to you, you would believe, and he testified through you, you would share Jesus with the people around you. Listen, I'm, we gotta move on to these next points that we're done, but let me just tell you, so many times I say this as a pastor, like, 
Share your, your faith. Who are you sharing with? Are you friends with your neighbors? Say hi to people as you're going out throughout your day, just the people that you greet and you meet. Get some phone numbers, talk to people, share your, your faith with them. And we're like, yeah, awesome, yes, amen. We gotta do that. That's who we are as a church. That's how we built this place. And we leave, and we leave. Like the spirit is willing, but the body is weak, right? Like we leave and we start talking to people in the hallway and then we go out to the parking lot and get in our cars and like, yeah, that was awesome, that was great. Like we gotta really share our faith. The spirit's gonna move in us this year as a family. We're gonna reach our neighbors. And then like by the time you wake up in the morning, like it's just over. Like you maybe remember one thing I said and you never share your faith, but like we feel like we accomplished something because we heard it. Let's not be like that. Let's be people who really do share our faith. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. The second thing Holy Spirit testifies to is her own unworthiness, about her own unworthiness. The testifi- Spirit testifies to her, um, to, to, through her about Jesus, but then through her about her own unworthiness. Like, so then she says here, in light of the Lord's presence, in light of the testimony of the Spirit of, of God, that this is the Lord's Jesus, she instantly for some reason reflects on the fact like, who am I? She cries out like, who am I? Who am I that, that you should come to me, right? For behold, like, how do I know? Like, and how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? Like after she sees this and understands this is the Messiah, like her instant response is like, you're coming to me? Because the spirit is even moving in her, right? This is, this is the work of God. She's, she's believing, she's understanding her own unworthiness in light of the presence of God. Like you ever been around somebody who you love and enjoy and who's really godly and like every time you get around them, you're like, I just feel terrible about myself, right? Like I suck, like they're awesome and every time I get around them, I feel like I'm terrible, right? Like my wife's like that, okay? Like, and I, she just probably won't be viewed as a compliment, right? But I'm like, gosh, sometimes I'm like, when I'm around, you. I just feel bad about myself, right? She doesn't make me feel bad about myself, okay? She's like eyeing me back there, like, don't go any further with this. All right. <laughs> but listen, that because, because she, listen, she's so kind and forgiving and patient, and she's, you know, she's, she's understanding, and then, like, here I come, like, you know, like a caged dog that was just let out, like, and, and I'm just, like, I feel like a jerk, you know? And but like in her presence, in her godliness, I, I, I noticed all my flaws. And this is what happens in the presence of the Lord. Look at this, Isaiah chapter six. And the year king, that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. He's looking at the Lord. Above him stood seraphim. These these angelic beings are just swarming around. Each had six wings. Two, with two of these wings, they covered their face. Two, they covered their feet. Two, they flew. And they called out to one another all day long. All they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The foundations of the threshold shake. The voice of him who called and the house was filled with smoke. And look what his response is in verse five. He says, woe is me. For I am lost, I am a man of unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes, for this is the reason why I know I'm unclean, how do I know that I'm lost, that I am unclean? For this is the reason, because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And so when we see the Lord, right, the Spirit helps us to see the Lord, we see our own unworthiness. And so here's what I would 
prayed that this year would, be, would, would happen is that you would help people, that he would move in you and through you to show you how much you need the Lord because of your own inability to do anything without him and that you would also see that the people around you would help them to see their need for God because of their own sinfulness, that they can't do anything apart from Jesus and the spirit would work through you to them so that they would understand their need for Jesus. And what we see number three, lastly, and we're done, is that the, t- uh, the, the, the spirit of God testifies through Elizabeth about Mary's belief, about Mary's belief. And what we see in this is the last verse, verse 45. Blessed is he, she, this is like a hymn, a song that she's been singing, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what has been spoken by the Lord. And so what we see is that lastly here, what Elizabeth testifies to is like, Mary, you believed. You believed. She encourages Mary to believe that she has believed. In contrast to Zechariah, who doubted, Mary has believed. And my prayer to to cut this thing a little bit short is that the Holy Spirit would move in you, would move in you to help encourage those who believe. That looks like discipleship. That looks like those who are around you who have believed to encourage them. You've believed. Blessed are you who have believed. Let's walk with God and let me, let me help you walk with the Lord. The helper comes to show us, to convict the world of sin and righteousness, that we have a need, right? As, as, as uh, Elizabeth testifies to her own unworthiness, that's what the Spirit does now even, convicts the world of, of the sin um, in their lives and that they see their own need for Jesus and then helps us, the Spirit moves in to encourage people through us who have believed to continue walking with the Lord Jesus and that, uh, that we would be part of that, the Spirit would do that in us. And so here's my prayer to you as we close this out, okay? My prayer is that the Holy Spirit would do his work in you in 2019. Primarily, he would testify to you about the truth of the Lord Jesus and then he would testify through you, that you would testify about the Lord Jesus, that you would testify to us as people uh, created by God of our own unworthiness, our need for Jesus, and that he would testify through you as you encourage believers, help them to grow in their faith as Elizabeth helped Mary uh, to be encouraged because she had believed. Now I'm just gonna end with four really quick things. If you want this to happen, you want the spirit of God to move in this way. I know this is long, but let me just tell you four, um, four things that, that you must dude, spend time with in this new year if you want the Spirit to work in this way. Like, okay, so tell me exactly how do I do this, ready? They're not novice, profound things. They're just normal, regular things. The first is you gotta spend time in God's Word. You gotta spend time in God's Word. The Spirit of God works in you, testifies to you, testifies through you when you spend time regularly in God's Word. Secondly, you gotta spend time in prayer. You gotta spend time talking with God. The Holy Spirit works in and through your time with God, talking to Him in prayer. Third, you gotta live holy. You gotta get rid of the sin that's involved in your life and you gotta strip yourself of it fast, permanently from it and the Holy Spirit will regain, like he won't be grieved, but like have full control over your life and over your heart and forth to witness, word, prayer, holy living, witnessing. And when you put yourself out there to witness, the Holy Spirit will move and through you and, uh, and work in you to testify to the truth of the Lord Jesus. So my prayer in all of this, I know that this is so much for you, but listen, my prayer in all of this, the Holy Spirit would work. He'd testify to you. He'd testify through you about the Lord Jesus 
about our own unworthiness and our need for a savior and about uh, in encouraging believers, the people who have believed to walk in their faith. And we do this through by spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer, spending time holy living and witnessing to others. Let me pray. Father, I come before you today and this was long, like six verses and I don't know, just talk forever. But I pray, Lord, that you would, that you would use this that you would use this mightily, that you would help us to understand the Spirit and what he was doing and working in and through and and for in this time where the Spirit was working in the lives of Mary and Elizabeth and revealing the truth about Christ and that we would be people of Spirit, that you would minister to us about the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would believe and that you'd minister through us, Jesus, about you, that we would help people and we would see the eyes of their heart enlightened, that they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. God, that you would work through us, Spirit, that you would work through us to to help the world be uh, convicted of of their sin and need for a savior, uh, our own unworthiness, Spirit. We know that that's what your main task is, to show us um, and convict us of our sin and our need for Jesus, um, just as Elizabeth was convicted of her own unworthiness. And God, we pray um, that we would be used by you, Spirit, that you would work as we encourage those who have believed, who have trusted in your words, um, and and that many people would be um, encouraged through that. God, I pray that this year um, that would happen concretely because we spend time in your word, we spend time in prayer, we spend time living holy, fighting sin, and we spend time witnessing to other people. Spirit, that you would have your way and you would work in us in 2019. In Jesus' name, amen.